Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Wednesday, September 14th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Taylor Massetta. And I'm Noah Osborne. Let's see what's what in the city. The New York State Board of Regents voted yesterday to require private schools to teach basic subjects such as English, math, and science. This move directly impacts Hasidic Jewish schools, who have a large presence across Brooklyn and Hudson Valley. They have collected public funding for years while offering little general education. A New York Times investigation found that these schools only focus on teaching religious texts to their students. If a school violates this new rule, they could face financial penalties and lose state funding. While the U.S. continues to recover from the pandemic, New Yorkers continue to struggle. Recent economic growth does not mask the issue of job loss New York City has endured over the past two years. New York City is still missing 176,000 jobs. This marks the slowest recovery of any metropolitan area, and that's especially worrisome given the economic inequalities the city continues to see, such as soaring apartment rents. And the number of New York residents relying on government assistance has jumped nearly a third since February 2020. Job growth slowed most this summer in sectors like hotels and restaurants. Cardi B is getting a lot of press. That's right, Noah. Cardi B paid a trip to her old middle school, IS-232 in the Bronx, to donate $100,000. The visit was definitely a surprise one, given it was totally unannounced to staff and students. The Bronx-born rapper says that she wants to see the money invested in after-school programs for students, including tutoring, music, and dance. Cardi B's visit is part of her tour with the Queens-based nonprofit organization Community Capacity Development. The models weren't the only stars at New York Fashion Week. Fresh off retirement, Serena Williams made a splash, opening the Vogue World Runway show on Monday. She arrived in a metallic silver gown by Balenciaga along with a matching cape. She wasn't the only one strutting down the runway. Lil Nas X also performed his mega-hit Industry Baby at Vogue World. It's been a big week for him, too. He made his runway debut with Coach and is now their global ambassador. Finally, Queen Elizabeth's casket has arrived at Buckingham Palace. She will lay in Westminster Hall for four days before being laid to rest next Monday. And over in the world of sports, we have Annabelle Watson here with us. So Annabelle, I'm hearing MVP talks are in order with Aaron Judge. That's right, Taylor. Slugger Aaron Judge hit two home runs against the Red Sox last night in an extra innings win. These homers were Judge's 56th and 57th of the year. He is now only four shy of tying Roger Maris's single-season home run record. It also marked Judge's 10th multi-home run game, further adding to the case for his MVP caliber season. Hold up now. We can't forget football, so let's hut, hut, hut on over to the field. What's happening? In football, veteran Joe Flacco will be the starting quarterback for the Jets this Sunday, even after a season-opening loss to the Ravens. Sources say that the Jets never considered benching Flacco, even after fan-favorite backup QB Mike White had a 405-yard passing performance and an upset against the Bengals last year. Flacco struggled against the Ravens, as the Jets did not score a touchdown until the final minute of the game. However, Jets fans will have to put their faith in Flacco as quarterback Zach Wilson is still recovering from knee surgery and is expected to miss at least two more games. With WFUV Sports, I'm Annabelle Watson. If you've tuned into the show in the past few weeks, you've probably heard us talk about the recent influx of migrants being bused to New York from the southern border. 
This week, WFEV's David Escobar spoke with two Fordham students working with the Kino Border Project to learn about what's happening now with these asylum seekers. New York is known for having one of the most storied immigration institutions, Ellis Island. But over the past few months, New York has been receiving migrants at an unusual venue, Port Authority Bus Terminal. And New York isn't alone. Other northeastern cities, including Washington, D.C., have seen an influx of asylum seekers traveling by bus from Texas and Arizona. Texas alone has sent nearly 9,000 migrants on buses to the northeast in the past few months, according to CNN. And the conditions on those buses have sparked criticism. They need to be treated with humanity. Everyone is alarmed by what is happening. Uh, And of course, they're asylum seekers. They deserve to be here. One of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's biggest critics is Manuel Castro. He's New York City's Commissioner for Immigrant Affairs. What Governor Abbott is doing is wrong. He's using these people as political pawns to make uh, political statements. And again, these are families, these are people. That's where resources like the Kino Border Initiative come into play. They're a nonprofit organization set up at the border to help migrants. It's also where Fordham alum Maddie Hilf spent the last month assisting migrants in Nogales, Arizona, before they continued their journey. She says many of these people are still facing a Trump-era legal hurdle called Title 42. It prevents people from getting asylum, basically, for all the reasons that they were able to before that policy went into place. Um, The reason cited is COVID, which I think is um, kind of ridiculous because there are no COVID rules anywhere in the U.S. So to say that people can't enter because of COVID concerns just seems like covering up for xenophobia to me. We had to explain to many people coming who are hoping to get asylum in the U.S. that that policy is in place um, because a lot of people actually don't know about it. And even if migrants can overcome all the obstacles they face getting into the U.S., there's still the biggest hurdle of them all, claiming asylum. Many of the people Afra Bundagi spoke with at the Kino Border Initiative didn't know the first thing about the U.S.'s extensive process. We saw like other issues due to U.S. policy and also Mexican policy. Mexico does not care about the migrants who are coming. There were a lot of people who just, a lot of migrants who would come and would have no clue about really what asylum was, if they qualified for it, because asylum is also very like rigorous. You have to actually meet a bunch of criteria and it's really hard to prove that you deserve or you need asylum. And that burden of proof is glaring when you look at the numbers. According to a study from Syracuse University, immigration judges denied nearly three out of every four cases brought to them in 2020. President Biden has pledged to end the Trump administration's strict border policies, But until those changes come, Hill says there's a lot of work that's got to be done to help people crossing the border. I think a big thing is dignity, just like what promotes their dignity as a human person. Like when we gave out clothes, we we were trained on these like specific pillars that they had as values when giving out clothing. So so using your own judgment, but also letting them like promote themselves and um, ask for what they need. So food, clothing, just to promote their dignity. But immigration advocates say helping migrants can't just stop at the border. If we keep seeing people bust from the border to northeastern cities, Bundagi says places like New York will need to step up. And then in cities, um, I definitely think there could be like centers set, set up where they could have like ESL classes or even what Kino does, like legal help, psychological help, social workers. Um, you know, Kino helps people find jobs as well. 
But Bandagi and Hilf both admit that getting policies to change is going to require a big shift in the attitudes of the people in power. I would say you need to go to the border and actually meet migrants, talk to them. I don't think it's that politicians don't know what's happening. I think it's that they don't care. Along those same lines, I was going to say to them, just open your eyes. Because like you just said, Akbar, like the information is out there. It's not hidden, the violence that's occurring at our borders. Um, the apathy that border patrol agents, detention guards, et cetera, et cetera, have. Politicians have that same apathy. Um, so I would just say open your eyes and like look at the humanity of the situation. It's going to take a lot of change to get migrants the help they need. But right now, one thing's for certain. There's a crisis at our southern border. With WFUV News, I'm David Escobar. And that's our show for today. I'm Noah Osborne. And I'm Taylor Massetta. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org or wherever you get your podcasts. 